After conversion rate, our favorite key performance indicator to improve is customer lifetime value. And a great way to do that is by adding a loyalty points program to your store. It makes sense. Why not reward customers for choosing your store over others? Loyalty Points from Bold is the first true loyalty points app where customers earn points when they shop and redeem when they buy. It even displays your product prices with points so customers are constantly reminded to think in terms of earning and redeeming points, creating intense loyalty in the process. Plus, it lets you offer bonus points on certain products to promote them. And it even creates loyalty member tiers that earn or redeem points at different rates, kind of like Costco. You can get an exclusive 60-day trial of loyalty points when you sign up at ethercycle.com bold. That's ethercycle.com bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily, and it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them. They are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com unofficial. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, recording from beautiful Skokie, Illinois, high atop Westfield Old Orchard Mall. And today we are going to be talking about how to tell your brand story. Okay, why? Why the why should you care? Why do you care about that? Well the reason is because what we've seen in the last year, over a year, is that Facebook ads keep getting more and more expensive. And the theory is big players like Walmart and Procter and Gamble are getting into the space. And they don't think about customer acquisition costs the way the rest of us mere mortals do. And so they're able to dump a lot more into these ads and drive costs up significantly. That's not going away. But you have something they don't. You could tell your story. You have a brand story. You can engage with your customers in a, a personal and one-to-one way that a giant global brand like Procter & Gamble can never hope to do. So, to help you tell that story and ideally increase your ROAS in the process is I, a previous guest rejoining us, Michael Jammin. He talked to us in December of 2018 in an episode in which he told us, you know, started to talk to us about how to tell your brand story. He also uh, easily made me laugh harder than literally any other guest has ever done on this episode with a, a fabulous joke. Um, so, go back and check that one out. I will link to it in the show notes. But... This man's resume will blow your mind. I can't do it justice. Michael, thank you for joining us. And tell us, 
what have you done in the last 25 years? I want the 30-second okay, version. Just compress 25 years into 30 seconds. I'm going to do that. So I'm uh, a TV writer by trade. I've been working for about 25 years. Uh, I guess some of my credits are I did about five years of King of the Hill, Just Shoot Me, Beavis and Butthead, Wilfred. I was a co-showrunner of Marin, uh, Brickleberry. I'm looking at my wall. I got, I got pictures on my wall. Glenn Martin, uh, Lopez, Tacoma FD. I mean, I got, I got a lot of rules of engagement out of practice. <laughs> so I'm a sitcom writer, but I also own a line of girls clothing with my wife called Twirly Girl. So I do all, all the marketing for Twirly Girl. And that's how I kind of get into that, this side of it. So you've got the tremendous experience uh, writing, entertaining, compelling, engaging stuff. And your wife has an e-commerce store, and you've been able to drive a tremendous number of YouTube views that have largely driven um, the the brand awareness for Twirly Girl, her shop. Well, more, uh, more Facebook views, actually. Facebook more, views. Yeah, more Facebook. Yeah, so we uh, – right. Uh, I shoot, I shot, started shooting these videos, um, and you can go on our website. I'll, we'll have links later. But uh, And so the, the videos are obviously – they, they play like one of them's got like 10 million views on Facebook. And as you're saying, it's like Facebook, it's social media. So you have to be social. Like if you're just trying to put products up, you know, it's going to be, you're going to have people aren't, people aren't going on Facebook to shop. They're going on to see cat photos and see what your friend ate for dessert or whatever. So if you can be social and tell your story, that's what engages people. And that's how it, you know, that drives down your cost because all those likes, comments, and shares actually show drive down your cost because Facebook realizes you're giving content that people want to see. So that's what I've been specializing in. And what do you think is the, well, you've got this tremendous number of, of views and success with this. What's different about the videos you're producing than the rest of us? Why do you get this, this tremendous traction? Well, I think uh, it's very. They're all about. They're all very funny. They're, it's all about. I, I mean, I'm a sitcom writer, so it's all about making making them funny, and it's about creating a world. So, uh, and I, I'll go into this in more detail. But the way I see Twirly Girl is not and is not as uh, in my in our, in our minds, we're the Willy Wonka of girls' dresses. So it's about creating that. You know, we're not ripping Willy Wonka. My wife's not wearing a purple hat. There's no Oompa Loompas or anything like that. But it's about creating that kind of magical world where Willy Wonka is a little crazy. He's a little, uh, you, you know, he's very imaginative. He lives in a magical world, but he doesn't, but to him it's normal. And so that's kind of what I try to do with all our videos. We're not saying there's no wonder when my wife's the star, but there's no wonder about twirly girl. It's all, Oh, this is normal. We have floors that open up that have magic doors in them. And we have a rejuvenation helmet and a time machine, <laughs> but this is all very normal. This is what we do around here. So that's kind of what, you know, that, that's the vibe and people just love it. And so people are, yeah, they get crazy amount of engagement and shares. And, and so we have, we do one pretty much every six months because people have kind of grown to expect it and they want more. So that's fine. We have fun with it. So you're creating these, these commercials that customers love and they're, they're funny. Um, and that drives it. What happens if I'm not funny? I think every guy is like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm funny. Most people really aren't. Well, if you're yeah, if you're not funny, then don't do it because that'll just lay there like a like a like a log. You know, if you, that's not. But what you can do is tell your own brand story, your own personal story, because everyone has. You know, if you're in business for yourself, uh, you've had obstacles along the way, and you've had struggles, and as long as you're open and honest about sharing that, and it doesn't have to be in a video, it can be in a post, it could be in an email, it could be you know just a, a post on your Facebook page. As long as you share your story and you're authentic. 
then people are going to they're going to root for you. If you try to be that, that like you said in your intro, that's an advantage that small business owners have over, you know, these giant brands that they're trying to become they're trying to seem more personal. That's why progressive hires flow and why Nike uses Colin Kaepernick as a spokesperson. They want you they want to put a face to their brand and they want to put a personality there to their brand. But you already have if you're a small business owner, you already have your face and you already have your personality. So now it's about putting it into your marketing. I think this so is. I, I remember. Hmm? Go ahead. Well, I, I think you touched on, uh, possibly unintentionally, one of the the most common but biggest mistakes I see people make, especially early in their journey, is they attempt to mimic the big brands, and it's like it's one person working out of their house, and that is one hundred percent normal and fine. But instead, they've got like a stock photo of an operator with a headset, and they're like, and everything's like here at Acme Corp, we believe in, and they're trying to make you think they're like this big brand when they shouldn't, and it's they're putting themselves at a disadvantage. One for misrepresenting it, and two for making themselves look just like those big brands, and then three for getting rid of their own story. So it sounds like yeah, you want to embrace it and share that story. I, I did this with Twirly Girl in the beginning. I was insecure about having people thinking that we were this tiny little company. And so, yeah, I tried to our, – all our marketing was wrong in the beginning. It was about making us look big until I realized, what am I doing? The big brands are successful, and they're trying to look small. So why why am I doing trying to reinvent the wheel? So you're absolutely right, and I'm, and I'm guilty of it. So we, we always hear, fake it till you make it. I think the what we're hearing here is don't fake it. Yeah, be authentic. Okay, so yeah. what's step one? How do I be authentic? I guess the, 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 for me, the, beginning, the most important thing I ever did for Twirly Girl was figuring out what our mission statement was. And it's very easy to skip this because it's, it's a step that it's kinda, it seems kind of squishy, and so a lot of business owners don't want to go there. But your mission statement is worth spending several days on. And it's basically your company's values, what you stand for, what you hope to achieve. It's forward thinking and it's idealistic and it's two to three sentences. It should incorporate your unique value proposition, what your company does, why it does it, and what you can offer that your competition can't. And, and so I, I recommend writing it down, bounce it off your coworkers, find a writer who can help you craft it, remove extraneous thoughts and words. And so when I did this for Twirly Girl, and it was a process, it took you know, a week or so. And here's ours in two or three sentences, and hopefully uh, it'll inspire your listeners to craft their own. So, so by the way, so Twirly Girl makes we make high quality reversible dresses for girls. We make them here in America, so it's about you know creating a really nice dress. So here's ours. We believe every woman remembers her favorite childhood dress. She loved how it felt and how it made her feel. At Twirly Girl, we create dresses that girls will remember forever. So. <clears throat> So when you read this over and over again, you realize, so we're not selling dresses. We're selling happy childhood memories. So this is where being a screenwriter kind of really helped me with my business because I'm about, as a screenwriter, I, I create a world and I, I create characters and voices. And so that's the same kind of thing when you have a brand. You're just creating, you're honing in on what what your what your voice is and 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 what you're really selling. So I know you're like you're big on cars. So like Goodyear, they don't sell tires. What What do they sell? Peace of mind, confidence. Yeah, safety. Right? Safety. Yeah, protecting your kids when the roads are wet. So if you watch their commercials, like that—that's what it is. It's always like a mom and a dad in the front seat, and two kids in the in the back, and they're playing their video games. And then there's a you know a tree will fall over, and then they, they'll slam the brakes on, and then stop in time. I mean, so they're selling safety. So it's the same thing for whatever your tiny brand is. You got to figure out what what it is you're selling, and and 
it's this is a this is something I got from being a screenwriter as well. You know, you, when you tell a story, you have a plot, but then you also have a deeper story, like what you, what's it about and what's it really about. You know, <clears throat> so you're and so you're always digging deeper about what you're really trying to sell. So it's emotional. So that's kind of you know that's where your mission statement is super important. Uh, and then once you have your mission statement, it'll dictate all your business opportunities. So for us, it's like creating a happy childhood memory. So if I'm faced with an opportunity about getting in a larger store and it's going to hurt the quality of my dresses, I'm thinking, well, is this going to make my dresses more memorable or less memorable? And if it's less memorable, now it's easy to make. Now it's easy to pass on that business opportunity because it's not within my our core values. And it's the same thing with uh, my employees. So if they're on the phone with a customer and rather than bother me by saying, hey, should I do this or that? Read the mission statement. Is it, if it's you know if your decision is consistent with our mission statement, you can make the decision on your own, and so it empowers them. And then once you have this mission statement about, for example, ours about selling happy childhood memories, now it's about figuring out how to put it in all your marketing. You're telling one story, but you're telling it over and over again. So you know there's a theory about um, when you have a uh, it takes someone like seven times. Uh, of seeing something before it truly resonates. So if there's a new movie out, they have to see the poster uh, once. They have to hear a friend talk about it once. They have to see a TV commercial. And after seven times, they say to themselves, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to go see this movie. So it's the same thing with your branding. You have to figure out a way to tell your story. In our in our case, it's happy childhood memories. How to put it all over your website, your emails, your marketing, your videos, so that you're telling one story in, in, in different ways. So that it finally resonates with people and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, happy childhood memories. So, you know, and we, we see that in the comments on our email, uh, you know, on our Facebook page. Oh, yeah, my, I'm so happy to get my daughter this happy childhood memory. So they're parroting it back to me because, it, you know, it's finally resonating after hearing it so many times. Um, so our goal is to yeah, ultimately with the mission statement, once we we commit to it, we develop it and then we apply it. Our goal here is to find, write and share our brand story. And it starts with yeah. we've got really a mission statement. We can then boil that down to a positioning statement. We've got one sentence that tells us what we're doing and why. We can shorten that to a tagline. We've got three to five words that tell us what we do and, and why. I always use the first positioning statement, so like a short, a one or two sentence version of a, a mission statement. And I tell people, look, you've got to figure that out first. And it can evolve over time. It will be way harder to write than you ever imagined. But that will become the cornerstone of all your marketing. And to your point, once you know that one simple thing that took days, weeks, or like months of, of revising over and over to get right, that then guides everything else you do because it creates a, frame, a mental framework in which you know what does and doesn't fit the brand. And that makes everything so much more cohesive. And, and But you hit on something as well. You're right. You have to deliver on that promise. You can't just say it. And then not show it or do it. You have to deliver. So if you're, uh, well, for example, in, in the children's apparel, which I know a lot about, a lot of brands will talk about, you know, oh, we're all about empowering kids to be super creative. But then you look at their marketing or their website and it's so boring and flat. And so you're like, you, you tell me you're selling creativity, but you're not. You're not showing me. So uh, it was another, I was actually on a call yesterday with someone who I was consulting and we were on a. Uh, a big, a huge brand that sells, um, that sells a beach, like beachy, beachy apparel. And we went through the about us page and they're talking about basically the lifestyle they're trying to sell and how it's about relaxing and getting away and fantasy. But none of that was reflected anywhere else on their website or in any of their marketing. 
So it was just, it was, and, and the guy I was talking to was like, yeah, it just feels like BS because like, these are just words, right? You can't just have words. You have to actually put it into your, into your branding or else it's not, it's meaningless. So give me the example. I need an example of, of this done right, a brand that really nails this and an example of, of this concept falling on its face. Can we illustrate it? Well, yeah. So like, here's some, I pulled some really good mission statements from, uh, that I found on the web. I don't know how if they're if they're still valid or not, but I, I think they are. Like, so here's Patagonia. They make the, you know, the, the uh, active wear for people who like to hike and climb mountains and stuff. And so theirs is build the best product, cause no unnecessary harm, use business to inspire and implement solutions to the environmental crisis. And as far as I know, Patagonia does exactly that. They're always giving money back to environmental causes. If you have a jacket that's 30 years old and it's in tatters now, they'll take it back and give you a new one because they don't want it winding up in a landfill. They'll fix it. I mean, they go, it, it really is about making responsible, just a responsible product. And they, they totally back it up. So I believe that's accurate. Uh, here's another mission statement I thought was really interesting. It's Uber. And theirs is, we ignite opportunity by setting the world in motion. And so when you hear that, we ignite opportunity. Like, who are they marketing to? The drivers. And yeah, the drivers, right. They're not marketing to the people like me and you who use Uber. So that's their business. We need to find drivers. Here's your opportunity. So that's their business. So, I, I, you know, I just love that. Um, well, and that was what they got uh, sued in California over the fact that the drivers are contractors and not employees. And one of their arguments in the in the court case, I don't don't recall what happened with that. I think they lost, but I'm, they lost. Yeah, they did. Um, I think so. One of their arguments was the drivers are the customers, so how can they be employees? <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. And and I was surprised they lost that too because you're a driver and you can set your own hours. It, you, it sounds like you are a contractor, but I don't know. California's a very labor friendly state, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it probably wouldn't have worked in New York, but California it worked. Yeah. Anyway, all right, back on track. Here's another one from Whole Foods. Um, so quality is a state of mind at Whole Foods. At Whole Foods, if you uh, if you want to know where the ketchup, oh, oh, sorry, I, I skipped it. So quality is a state of mind at Whole Foods. Uh, and it, to me, when you go to Whole Foods, I don't know if you've ever, if you shop at where you are, if you want to know where the ketchup is or whatever, and you ask someone who's working there, they don't point. They don't say aisle 10. They take you there. They walk you there. And it was funny because I went to a, a lower end uh uh, shopping uh, grocery store a couple of weeks ago, and I had another question. The guy goes, "Yeah, go that way." And I'm like, wow, <laughs> the experience is so different. It's just, you know, that's why you pay more at Whole Foods because they will walk you and pick out the take the ketchup off the wall for you. Um, and then, it's, like you're saying, it's important not to confuse your mission statement with your tagline because your tagline is just kind of a shorter, catchier, maybe rhymier, you know, uh, phrase that's consistent with your mission statement, but it's it's not it's not the same thing. Um. What else was I going to say about that? Oh, I also think it's important when you craft it that uh, you don't be generic. Don't say, we're about providing the best uh, quality at the lowest prices. I mean, first of all, everyone's about that. No, like, what business is about providing the lowest quality at the highest prices? I mean, you know, no one's going to say that. So don't give something that's generic, that it speaks to every brand that you could be selling, you know, hammers for that, you know, mission statement, have it specific, have it talk exactly to what you, what you sell. And it's okay if you feel like you're not talking to, if you're going to exclude some people, because I find when you, 
when you have a product, you, you have to know who you're marketing to. You have to make a customer avatar, exactly who you, you know, the age of your client or customer, where they live, what their income is, what their favorite song is. You want to build that character. And it's okay if you feel like you're excluding some people because for a brand to succeed, you, you have to talk to someone. If you don't talk to anyone, you're, then you're talking to no one. If you're not specific, you're talking to no one. So I'd rather rule some people out. Than, than not have anybody. Active disqualification, I think is what they call that. And I oh, do that's this. that's a good word. Like if you look I, on, there's like a sales letter I use in um, our uh, on our homepage and a, a couple other places like the Shopify Experts thing. And I like flat out say, we may be a good fit if, and then it's like five qualifying statements with active disqualification. And because I'm a consultant, you got to work one-on-one with me. One of them is literally, we like each other. Are you know? <laughs> Like Interesting. We, we have to get along on a personal level is one of them. Um, but you know, I say you like your brand will is or will be on Shopify. Like I'm actively disqualifying everyone who isn't on Shopify with that statement. And, and why do you do that? So like, what happens to big, big commerce people? They have to go away. I my by having this by knowing who I do my best work with. That's what I'm putting out there. If huh. I've always, over the last 10 years, have just been slowly evolving, this is where we do our best work. And it went from the web in general to e-commerce to Shopify to you know, people like myself that are um, uh, bootstrappers. Um, you know, we want those – I want those sole proprietors. I want those, those smaller brands that have a, a great story to tell um, or like direct-to-consumer brands. But I don't want – you know, it's like – big international conglomerate who also has a brand like yeah well we'll work with them and we might and we could cash the check but i'm never going to do as good of a job mm. in my head as if it was you know working with a a small sole proprietor i yeah, want to work I, with entrepreneurs i think that's perfect what you yeah i mean you're the living example of that so you're not you're ruling some people out but your the your market that you serve is plenty big and you're just narrowing it down and you're doing great because you're not trying to be everything to everyone. If you try to be everything to everyone, you're going to fail. Yes, it's, uh, it's niching down. It's having that laser focus. Hold up. What do sophisticated direct-to-consumer brands like ColourPop, Huckberry, and Casemate all have in common? They rely on Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform chosen by the brands you love. With a dedicated team of experts and a platform that consumes more data than any other on the market, Clavio helps you own the customer experience and grow higher value relationships. And the results speak for themselves. Brands have made more than $3.7 billion, that's billion with a B, in revenue through Clavio in the last year alone. From a shopper's first impression to each subsequent purchase, Clavio understands every interaction, empowering brands to create more personalized marketing moments. When you have a 360-degree view of the customer, growth possibilities are endless. Visit Clavio.com slash unofficial. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash unofficial. Talk to him. All right, so I get, the, I get the importance and the practicality of a mission statement. How do I do it? How do I write a mission statement? Well, <laughs> this is hard. Yeah, that, it's way that, harder than you think. It, no, it's totally hard. But it's like, so like I said, it's forward thinking is what your values are and try to think about what you're really selling. That's super important to push it to, to put in your mission statement. So like I said, if you're, if you're selling tires, you're selling safety. Try to really think about that and then add that one extra thought that separates you from all your competition. And then that's your that's your mission statement. You want and then you can you want then mine? you can. 
Yeah, what is it? Yeah. All right, so it's, it's, I do two sentences. One is just to identify the outcome that you provide to who. So I say I help Shopify merchants uncover hidden profits in their store. So this is a clever way of, of rolling up strategy, business strategy, conversion rate optimization, and marketing. Everything we do into one simple sentence. And then the second sentence is our competitive advantage. I say, unlike, uh, unlike other consultants, we're solely concerned with return on investment. Like, I don't want to do work that isn't going to generate more value than I'm taking. What, what I also like about your statement there is, if, is your, your sentence uh, about finding hidden profits. Because that says to me that you're not about changing people's com- business from starting from scratch. You're not about tearing it no. down. You're saying, it's already there. I'm just helping you find it. Yes. It's a process of, of evolution. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's a great, that's a great mission statement. But here's the thing. I did start with this mission statement. This is a thing that took years to come to. They're yeah. so hard to write. Uh, and, but as you, as you um, build your business, then you kind of, it kind of comes to you, right? Yes. It, you know, same thing with Twirly Girl. Like I didn't realize it was happy childhood memories until we started selling and talking to the customers and they would say, oh yeah, I remember my old, my favorite dress. You know, these are grandmas saying that and you're like, oh, okay, maybe that's what I'm selling. Memories. Um, yeah. Yeah. So how do, is, are there, is there a book I could read? Is there a guide, a resource? How do I do it? <laughs> it's so hard. Well, I do have a, um, so I, I built, uh, after getting all these people contacting me, I, I built a, a website where I, I have a course where I kind of walk you through a lot of these steps. And that's called, that's at cardboardrocketships.com. And that was inspired by, basically we built for Twirly Girl, we built a cardboard rocket ship, put in our ads, and then our sales went went to the moon because we were just, you know, having fun and, and being authentic and telling our story. So you can go there and have a course and you can sign up for that. And um, yeah. I have other other offerings as well about uh, for people who want a little more handholding. I have I have coaching. So, but it's really about how to tell your story, how to get your story out and tell it and put it in everywhere. So even like for example, it, you have to take your your branding and put it everywhere. So even on my email template, uh, my my email signature block when I write a customer back or whatever. My title, I could say, you know, Michael Jammon owner. I could say Michael Jammon president, CEO. But like, who's that impressing? Like, no one's impressed by that. So my title is director of granting wishes. Okay. It's, it's, <laughs> and because if you have a problem, great. I always say wish granted, done. I'll fix it. And people remember that. People come, oh my God, you're the director of granting wishes. So like, that's just an example of applying your branding everywhere. So I'm, con- you know, you should put on your hang tags, your packaging, your marketing, your emails, everywhere. It has to be everywhere. I'm constantly talking to people in the voice basically of Willy Wonka. So that's just an example of where to, where to put it. And yeah, and I go into all this on, on cardboard rocket ships. You can, you know, learn a little more about how I do it and how you can do it yourself. All right, Dr. Wonka. Let's say I've got, <laughs> I've got, I assume he has a PhD. He's very successful. Yeah. Um, well, I've got, once I've got the mission statement and file away in the back of your head, a mission statement is a work in progress. Now I heard you say, oh, we didn't figure out that we were um, creating childhood memories until we talk to our customers. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm assuming step two here is talk to your customers. Yeah, but also, I mean, I was, sometimes I was talking to them on, on Facebook. You know, they just leave a comment. Sometimes it's on the phone. Sometimes on, you know, it's under, under my ads. So, yeah, don't, don't ignore it. I, I don't ignore anybody on Facebook. If you have a comment, I write back. What about people who are shitty? Yeah, I, they're, they're, they're <laughs> out there. Grandma, most of my customers are grandma. Grandma can be just as mean as anybody else on Facebook. So I, I encourage people as well. I have a block 
several paragraphs explaining what, because some people think your prices are crazy. And, um, you know, when you're made in America, your label costs are higher and, and the dresses are they're more expensive because I they, they require a lot of labor and, and fabric. And so I have a whole block that I wrote down uh, and then I just cut and paste and explaining why it costs what it was. And thank you for reading it. And I don't expect you to change your mind, but it's for anybody else who's reading this comment. Maybe ah, it'll change their mind. Clever. And so I hate those people. But I'm not t- <laughs> when I when I put these comments, I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to the other person who's reading it because oh, you know, they might be nice. That's smart. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I've just been blocking people liberally. Uh, yeah, well, you, I'm sure, yeah, there's haters out there, you know, yeah, but you got to just have that paragraph that you cut and paste. <laughs> I have a few of the, like those objection busters. Okay. I like that idea. That's a good, good, quick tactic. How does this, so I, I talk to my customers, um, and when we say talk to, this could be in any number of ways. Like it, it could be a post-purchase survey. That's my favorite, the post-purchase survey. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. but there's also like, just read through your own reviews, Oftentimes, like, I'll go through, if I've got a client who sells on Amazon, I love that. I go read through all the reviews. I get tremendous info and insight over why people are buying, what they're getting out of it, how they see themselves. How do I turn talking to customers through these channels into a customer avatar? Yeah, so that also, you know, in the beginning, I was wrong about that as well. I I assumed we were selling to moms because moms buy daughter, you know, clothes for their kids. But it turned out after just, you know, getting a lot of orders and talking to people on the phone and Facebook, I realized it was a lot of grandmothers. So that changed my avatar. So now I aged up my, you know, my average customer by several years. And then when you talk to them, what I do, because like I said, I, I, I think people latch onto the kind of marketing I do because I'm not in sales and I don't have a background in advertising and it's as a screenwriter. So it's everything comes from that point of view. So to me, it was about casting who the, who I wanted the spokesperson of our company to be. And that could be anyone living, dead, or fictional. I just picked out, and so like I said, for us, it was Willy Wonka. And so we don't literally, I don't parody Willy Wonka. We don't have any, no one's wearing a hat. There are no Oompa Loompas. I mean, I'm not stealing or anything. I'm just drawing inspiration from that one character. And that, and that character is the voice of the brand. And so it's a little crazy, it's a little off, and it's a little, how come you don't see the magic? That kind of thing. Um, I like that. And so, yeah. And so I, I would encourage anybody for whoever their brand is find out, well, who do you want your, if you could have anybody, who would that spokesperson be? And you're not, hmm. like I said, you're not stealing, you're not using their image or likeness. You're just drawing inspiration from the way they talk, the language they use and, and you know, how they see the world. Can you, do you have any, well, cause you do this as, uh, as part of consulting. Do you have any examples? Yeah. Uh, that, well, uh, Willy Wonka is very that's a very good one and I like the illustration of like well it's not Willy Wonka himself it's these traits about that character yeah right I think another one is for another brand I'm working with they, they have a kind of a laid back vibe so I'm like well dude it's Matthew McConaughey that's your spokesperson because uh, he's kind of got that laid back vibe and but you got to nail on well which Matthew McConaughey is it is it dude where's my car or is it the one from Interstellar because they're different but once you nail down okay you can get closer then you watch that movie or whatever show or whatever it was and you go okay how does this guy talk what are the what are the words he uses how, you know what are the rhythms in his speech and then and then you go okay Matthew McConaughey you're hired but like I said I'm not using his, you're not using his image or likeness you're just drawing inspiration from it you know who mine is Yahoo. John Taffer from Bar Rescue. I don't, I don't who, who is that? I don't know that. What's that reference? I'm young. I'm older than you. <laughs> well, Bar Rescue <laughs> was on, um, it was a Spike TV reality show that was very much not reality, but it was oh. uh, a restaurant 
a bar owner, consultant, business manager would sh- show up to your flailing bar and essentially they would like overnight remake it into um, a, a potentially successful bar concept. And so how do you incorporate his voice into your brand? His when we were writing um, this book, e-commerce bootcamp was really that was like what helped get our uh, this this business going, helped get get the career started. Um, was we put in a ton of advice into this, and it came out of a blog post and newsletter that was really resonated with people, had more success than anything else we'd done, in which we talked about like these are the lessons we learned watching Bar Rescue. My business partner wrote this. This was what we learned watching Bar Rescue and how those concepts apply to your site. And then we started that kept evolving into we essentially wrote e-commerce boot camp as if John Taffer had to come in and kick your ass about your Shopify store, this is what it would look like. And that's perfect. I love that. It's perfect. That's a great example. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so you, you, you walk you walk the walk. <laughs> I did not realize <laughs> it. But yeah, I'm, I've been following the the Michael Jammin uh, rules of success for many years. Good. Now. <laughs> All right. Like that's how the, you create the spokesperson for yourself. Mm-hmm. So for you, the customer avatar for Twirly Girls is you're picturing that grandma. Yeah. Yeah. And then for you, the voice you're doing an impression of of this Willy Wonka type talking to that grandmother. So you've got like this one on one convo in your head going. Yeah, and if you go to our, our website, you go to Twirly Girl Shop, or if you go to Cardboard Rocket Chips, you'll see the videos that I have that we've made where you say, oh, yeah, yeah. And actually, someone even posted the other day. It's like, you're the Willy Wonka of girls' dresses. I'm like, all right, you got it. Uh, but yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll definitely get that when you, when you go to our site. Um, like, you know, we even, so even on our order confirmation page, we have, it's not like, hey, here's your order. It's about, oh, we just threw a party for your dress. It was a going away party. We cried. We had cake. But anyway, it's on their way. You know, so it's like, that's how I talk to the customer is about, you know, it's nonsense. And no one's like, like people enjoy it. They're not thinking this guy's out of my, out, I'm crazy. Like, I think the people who send standard, you know, standard form letter emails, like you're just missing an opportunity to connect with your customer in a way that's deeper than, than just, hey, here comes your, the junk you ordered. So all of these are, are opportunities to create that, that brand connection, make it very personalized. Yeah, every, right. You're looking for every one of those touch points, and then you're like, all right, how do I plus it? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And that, that goes on the wrapping and everything, even on the, the return labels, like everywhere. It goes everywhere. All right, so step, I, gotta, my, I got my step one. Let's recap here. Is create my mission statement, my work in progress, that number one defines what the benefit now, it's not like I sell widgets. What do the widgets do for someone? How do they make their life better? So exactly. it's, for, it's that childhood memory or it's you know creating um, freedom, a, a lifestyle of entrepreneurial freedom for me. It's like what's that end outcome? Who is that target market? In your case, it's, um, it's grandmothers, right? Right. And, and like I said, we do sell the moms, So, it, but it's okay. I'm speaking to grandmas. It's okay. Moms will also they'll it'll, jump in. Yeah, too. it'll work too. Yeah. Uh, my wife does this too. Her goal is She's putting on her mom hat. She's writing as a mom, and she's writing for mom. She's like, my audience is moms. Like, there's a whole. She runs this Disney planning website, and there's a mm-hmm. whole community of Disney psychos on the internet. And she's like, I don't care one iota about them, none, because that's not my audience. I don't want to impress the fanatics. I want uh-huh. the moms who just want to have an amazing vacation with their kids. They want to have great family vacations. That's right. who she's talking to. Right. Um, so having. You're right. Like she could very easily produce all kinds of content and go in all kinds of wrong directions. But having that clear customer avatar, you picture that one person 
that's what helps you really nail this down. All right, yeah. so I've got that's step two. Now, step three, you need to mentally you mentally cast this spokesperson to do to be the 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 brand voice, and that's right. we got Mr. Wonka, and it's these like traits about them, and I mean like you develop that over time, but it is so helpful to start with that that one voice. Now I've all right, so these are these are the tools in my toolbox. Now, how does this actually get applied to everything? You mentioned like look for all of these touch points. You know, Walt Disney would say plus it. How do you how do you plus it? How do you make it more than it is? And so you say, well, we don't just want to send an order confirmation. You know, it's this whole crazy um, going away party letter. That's brilliant. All right. Well, how well, how do I apply all this to my branding? You could it you could it could be every. It, it should be even on the the key to the men's room if you have a store or whatever. Like you should have, you know, it should be you should be speaking to whoever is near you in your own in that in that voice. So yeah, it could go there. It could the way you answer your phone, uh, your your title, like I was saying, it needs to be in your if you have product descriptions on your website. Why are you just putting you know boring bland stuff? Talk to it, uh, talk to them in a different way. And another a great example is um, a website uh, Jay Peterman, and they were made famous oh, in kind Jay of in Seinfeld. Right, I mean, Brilliant you know, product descriptions. Yeah, just go to their website and just see how they do it. It's, and it's all nonsense. This is the jacket you'll be wearing when you're hunting tigers in the safari. You know, it's like no one's hunting tigers, but they talk to you in that way, and it's engaging. And you go, oh, okay, it's, I like I like the guy who's talking to me. Yeah, Jay, um, I used to use Jay Peterman a lot as inspiration for product descriptions. Yeah, because it's so off the wall. Right. So we, I do the same thing as well for Twirly Girl. Every story, every dress has a, a, a an origin story. How this, how the dress came to be. And it's all nonsense, but people read it and they laugh and they like it. And then they'll go check out other products just to read the stories. And that's also good for my SEO because they're on the site longer and they're checking out other products and and maybe they're buying stuff that they wouldn't even thought of just to read the story that goes with it. Oh. And then I include those stories. We have little cards. Uh, they don't cost much to print up, like almost like baseball sized cards, and it comes with the dress. So now you got the dress, and you got the backstory that goes with that dress, and that's part of the memory. That's part of just remember, you know, how it comes to you. You know, the other thing you could do is in Clavio, you set up. Uh, I don't know what you use for email marketing. I like Clavio. Yeah, Clavio. You yeah. do a post purchase sequence where they bought the item, and then in between the time that they ordered it and the time they receive it, you send them an email. Or you can set up like care instructions, you know, like the typical stuff to make it better. Hey, if it doesn't fit, don't worry. Here's what you do. You preempt all that. But you tell them the story of how it came to be. And a great example of this um, is uh, Jake Starr from Recycled Firefighter, who takes old, uh, buys decommissioned fire hose and turns it into stuff, chiefly like wallets. And so he'll yeah. send you, before you get the item, you'll get an email from him in which he tells you the story about how he came up with the idea, what goes into the construction, et cetera. So you know that whole thing that's in your head really ups the value of what's um, an inexpensive product. And then when someone asks, oh, that's a cool wallet, you go, oh, yeah, let me tell you about it. That's all yeah. that's now in your head. That's great. Yeah, and it builds anticipation for the product. But yeah, it's exactly right. It's so much better than just saying, hey, your order's on the way. You, you, know? you want to do everything you can to not be a vending machine. Like if you are just – you take the order, you fulfill the order. Take the order, fulfill the order. You're a vending machine, and it, it, there's really no reason for me to purchase from you over Amazon or Walmart or whoever else versus you know, if I've got this, this story and this personal um, uh, connection that all started with a mission statement. That's what's going to keep people coming back and drive that, that return customer rate up. 
you know, I, I agree a hundred percent. There's a quote from Seth Godin. He's this, you know, marketing guy. And he says, the reason it seems prices is all your customers care about is that you haven't given them anything else to care about. And so <laughs> that's very and that, good. And that, yeah, that's great. Right. So if you give them a story or you give them something personal, then you don't have to compete on price. If, if all you're doing is compete. And if you compete on price, then that's a race to the bottom and you don't want to win that race. And your competitor, there's, there's, there's always going to be someone who's going to figure out how to sell it cheaper than you. So, and why would you want to do that? Why would you want to discount your products or lower the prices? You want to keep them as high as you can because, you know, you're in business to make money. So give them something else other than price. So the outcome of this episode is you will write your story. You will apply that story to all of your touch points, and then you won't have to compete on price. Right. Hopefully, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think that might be the title now, how to use your story to not to – not compete on price or stop competing on price. I'll tweet yeah. it, but I think that's cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, what else? Uh, uh, well, okay, here's one takeaway. The things you said, like, hey, this needs to go into your hang tags. Um, mm-hmm. It should go in your bathroom. It goes on everything that people interact with. To do that, you need to ignore the competition and not feel like, well, I can't do that because it's not expected. I think you, it is your business and you should do whatever the heck you want with it. And that's one of my takeaways here. I think hopefully another one, I, I think I touched on this, was that you want to tell one story. And a lot of people think, well, I have so many interesting stories about my brand and there's so much I want to say. Well, figure out just one, just do one at a time. Figure out one, the one that you think is the most emotional and it's going to resonate most with your customers and just tell that one over and over again. And so, like I said, for us, it's happy childhood memories. There's other aspects about our brand that we're proud about, but that's the one I hammer home all, over and over again. So pick one and, and stick with it and try to put it everywhere. And another thing is I, I think people often mistake branding with just like the colors of your logo and all that stuff, right? I mean, that's, it's, that's important stuff, like whatever red means angry or whatever, but I don't know. It, that's all subtle to me. I think branding really should be about getting your story, telling your story. Absolutely. Mm, okay. Like you can spend a lot of time on a logo and just you know put it up there already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the that's, trigger. The things that feel important when you start, like the logo and the colors, really are like so much less important than the copywriting, than the story, yeah. than that positioning statement, mission statement. Yeah. Um, so. All right. If I want to learn more about this, I want to learn more about Michael Jammin. Where do I go? So yeah, so that's cardboardrocketships.com. And then you may want to go just to check out, there's a page on creative and you can see all the, the kind of commercials we make. And I think that's fun, hopefully be inspiring. And then there's another page about the course where you can learn exactly how to tell your brand story, how to tell a story in a compelling way. And from the point of view of a, of a screenwriter, a working screenwriter. And so I think that course is very helpful as well to people. And I have included all of that in the show notes uh, Michael, this has been fantastic. Thank you, thank you. I, I enjoyed it. Very I learned good. about you. I learned about you. <laughs> I learned about you in this too. <laughs> well, I try to share a little. I know we're friends on Facebook. I always enjoy. I always look out for your your Facebook posts because you uh, you live what you preach. You really like it's clear even in your Facebook updates to friends. Like you, it, you turn it into storytelling. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I try. I realize like, well, I should be giving more of that stuff away. Just kind of. Tell a, tell, a, tell a fun story for somebody. Okay, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you, Kurt. Pleasure, yeah. Big news from our friends at Out of the Sandbox this month. Their newest theme just launched. It's called Flux. 
and it's for those of us who loved all the bells and whistles in Turbo, but thought, I need more of this. That's where Flex is a game changer for you. It can be configured in an endless number of ways thanks to more layout and section options than ever, more granular control of settings, and easy addition of custom CSS through the theme editor. It's perfect for development agencies like ourselves, as well as e-commerce entrepreneurs like you looking to create a unique online store experience for your customers. Now here's the coolest part. Flex has a new Demo Shop Import feature that allows you to fast track your shop setup based on any of 12 demo shops. You get all of the theme settings, layouts, content, and sections used in that demo shop of your choice applied automatically to your store. You can check Flex out right now at outofthesandbox.com. And if you like it, take 20% off the purchase price when you use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's outofthesandbox.com and code PODCAST20. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.